Greetings, one and all. <laughs> welcome back to This Is Our Story. Hello, Briar. Welcome back once again. Perhaps Hi. seeing how things go, perhaps for the last time. <laughs> In official true. capacity. We were just talking about, like, uh, offline, how many more ways to say hello are there? <laughs> I'm just got to, how can I make this sound upbeat and happy? <laughs> it's and funny, I mean, you never never think about how difficult it could be to say hello and welcome. <laughs> I mean, you guys are hearing this only every couple of weeks, but, you know, when we've been recording, it's been a few um, yeah. sessions throughout the day. So it feels, you know, I feel like we missed an soon. opportunity to throw in some <laughs> different languages or something. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, by the way, we kind of did it naturally without thinking, but we have been using Māori a little bit, which is actually very normal for, for Kiwis to, mm. you know, use kia ora, which is hello, or kakite, kakite ano, which is, you know, goodbye. I didn't really think about explaining that, actually. <laughs> but there are people around the world who may have no idea what that is. But there you go. True. Just in time for the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, we're going to get straight into it because we have got a bit to cover uh, this episode. And... Forgive me in advance, but it is a little bit heavy on my side in terms of the story at the moment. Just trying to get some things out of the way. Um, as we discussed, uh, discussed very briefly at the end of the last one, kind of Briar entered a, was entering a time of stability and, you know, like peacetime. Whereas for me, it was just starting to get a little bit wild and chaotic. <laughs> so that just naturally lends itself to more stories to share on, on the chaotic side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for better podcasting, though, let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, getting into story time, not so much stories, but just kind of looking back at all the different places we visited, we just wanted to very quickly touch on our favourite places to visit. We've both done quite a lot of travel. Briar has done extensive travel, which I am still struggling to <laughs> set aside my jealousy that makes <laughs> this, this question very difficult actually the favorite place to visit when you've been to so many good places yeah i mean you did say uh, a couple of episodes ago about you know some of the luxurious places you talked about those mm. but i mean to take in your whole scope of travel that you did you know through work and for pleasure mm. what what would you say uh, up the top there I think um, outside of work, it would probably, mm, there's two that I can think of that were amazing. Paris being one of them. And I always thought it was mm. so cliche to go to Paris. Um, and for Yeah. And for ages, I was like, I'm not interested. Everybody goes there. But actually, it's such a cool city. And going up the Eiffel Tower and looking over the city is just so magical. Um, Would it be as magical, though, if people didn't think it was so magical before you got there? Uh, is it that yeah, sense so, of just yeah. being in a place that everybody... No, because I, I went, you know, with the lens of, like, you know, not really that interested, low expectations, because everybody talks about Paris, right? But it actually is a really cool city. Like, we had such a good time there. And it's it's just beautiful to, to look at, like, all the old buildings... Um, exactly, I guess, what you'd expect um, in that sense. But seeing it from the top of the Eiffel Tower was just so magical. Mm. Um, and the other place that um, – or places, it's <laughs> like I said, it's so hard. But every year we'd go to one of the Greek islands and just – As you do. The, yeah. The, <laughs> How do you the, say that without sounding <laughs> pretentious? Answer, um, you cannot. <laughs> um, not one island in particular, but all the – Oh, okay. So pick and choose your island. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, <laughs> just like the Greek culture and the weather and the water is just so beautiful. Um, we just had many good times mm. in <laughs> in Greece. So mm, there you go. I won't, I won't go on you. about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? You've done uh, a lot well, more like, of Asia, haven't you? Yeah. Well, our, our travel experiences have been very different because I've done almost nothing of Europe, which is crazy considering I lived there, right? Technically. My most of my travel experiences have been kind of adventurous and a little bit rough, so to speak, because that was the type of travel I enjoyed the most. Mm. But yeah, I have I have been around 
relatively extensively around Asia. So after being in Thailand, you know, I did most of Southeast Asia. The only places I didn't go would have been Myanmar and Cambodia. But I did most of the other countries. So obviously, was living in Thailand and traveled in Laos, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, and then, you know, did Korea, South Korea and Japan and some of these places multiple times. Uh, in general, I would say that I really, really love Asia. It's such a, an intoxicating type environment and each each country for its own reason. It's really funny because I was never really interested in Asia at all before. Mm. Never. Because they have a very different approach to things like history and Although there's obviously amazing history to be found in, in Asia, I'd always, I've, I'd grown up studying European history and I, I was obsessed by it. So, yeah, really interesting that I ended up in that part of the world. But in terms of favorite places, it's really, it is hard to choose. But I think overall, Japan has probably been my favorite country to visit as a general experience. Just it's a very easy country to travel. It's a fascinating place that you and you still have some incredible history there, incredible stories to discover. And as in 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 the Asian quote unquote Asian worlds of 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 travel destinations, Japan is sometimes viewed as a bit cliche. But I feel after doing it, it feels very well deserved. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fascinating place. And I have can, to agree. Actually, like when. I've done lots of Europe and a lot less of Asia, but when we went to Cambodia and Vietnam, actually, I loved the chaos. It was so exciting. Mm. And, you know, mm. a lot of people find it overwhelming, but like you described, like it's, yeah, but it you know, can the be. streets are a little bit dirty yeah. and, you know, the, the smells mm-hmm. and everything. Oh, I just found it like you said, intoxicating is such a good word. It was like, oh, this is fun. Like I love yeah. the, the thrill of trying to cross the road um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Hanoi, for instance. Yeah. Um, is scary yet exhilarating, and um, yeah. the culture is just so so different to the to the Western yeah. culture, and that was um, I loved that too about yeah. And and whilst and whilst Japan is probably my overall favorite destination, uh, and I will be heading there again actually in a few months' time, which I'm really excited about. I think Vietnam and Hanoi specifically actually is probably mm-hmm. my all-time favorite destination in Asia. Mm-hmm. Vietnam is a fantastic country. It's full of like amazing people. I found the Vietnamese mm. people to be probably the friendliest. Yeah. Uh, even a lot of people say that Thailand is the friendliest place. I, I well, Cambodia is pretty there. up there with um, yeah. probably. I would say generally most countries are really friendly, but I just found there was something about Vietnam that just felt a little bit more authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the fact that you can still have an authentic cultural experience without it feeling like it's just – a cliche or tokenistic or put on for tourists, although I'm sure there is a bit of that, but it doesn't take you long to get away from mainstream Western style culture out of the Mm. cities. And you can be in the countryside and seeing the way that people have done things for generations, you know, and Mm. it's so good that that is so accessible to the average person to, to witness. Mm. Uh, And I had some amazing experiences there. And, And like you say, the chaos I mean, obviously, I lived in a chaotic place in Bangkok, so I was used to that. But Hanoi is a different kind of chaos. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's also it's so much an, fun. It's an old city as well, and I love that mix of real kind of edgy, authentic Asian culture with uh, a touch of the colonial. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're anti-colonial, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> but they do create some pretty amazing-looking buildings and. It's that, that mix of old colonial with modern was just, I loved it so much. And the food there is in, oh, so good. Insanely good. So good. Yeah. And then you, you could just, literally just walk in and mm-hmm. point, you know, you might not know what you're choosing, but point to something mm-hmm. and guarantee it's going to yep. be so good. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best street food I've had ever, actually. Uh, or definitely street food or street eating experiences. Some of the best were there mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, really I mean, cheap beer. Oh, you can't even <laughs> comprehend how cheap it is to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Insanely cheap. Yeah. Uh, and even like when I was living in Thailand, Vietnam is still cheap. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Thailand's not that cheap, really. Mm. 
anyway, oh, we could just keep talking about this forever, yeah. <laughs> but obviously need to carry on. Down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Down to the nitty gritty. Okay, well, change of pace. Whew, let me just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> So when we left off, we were about we were talking about the fact that we'd just gone on this surprise family holiday where I had traveled with my partner over to Yorkshire in the UK and my parents had joined us there as well with the aim of surprising Briar and her partner. Well not her partner because he was involved with the planning of this, but to surprise Briar for a Christmas holiday. And because you obviously your birthdays and Boxing Day as well, that was kind of one of the major reasons why we all wanted to be there together. A little bit of background, just to remind you that with my relationship, it was already things were already had always been messed up, but now that we're openly <laughs> bad and we were kind of in constant conflict, staying in different rooms, bedrooms, and on top of that, we had some family stuff going on with you know dad was going through some health problems that mum had been telling us about that was quite confronting and challenging for us as a family to deal with and so yeah there was a lot going on and then we all decided to get together <laughs> for this family holiday what could go wrong <laughs> yeah i was just about to say <laughs> uh and it, actually now that i'm putting it saying it in this way it's funny because we we tend to just Often with our family, just pretend that things are just okay. Let's <laughs> yes. just, you know, the running keep, thing. keep calm, carry on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's our theme, uh, the theme to our, our family life. But basically this holiday just, it's really, it's really hard to describe because it was, last time I mentioned it was a high and a low all at once. It was a really exciting time to be in the UK. Christmas in the UK has got to be one of my most favourite experiences. Uh, it is, and especially in Yorkshire. And I love the city of York specifically. It's got to be one of my favourite cities in the world. It, it is magical at Christmas time. It's cold, so you're all kind of rugged up and you've got your coats and your scarves and everything and you're walking around and there are Christmas markets. They're selling... Um, mulled wine on the street and then you know merry-go-rounds and people performing music on carols on the street like it is just like a beautiful beautiful experience uh yeah just like the movies and we were experiencing this and i was just loving it having the time of my life and yet (laughs) simultaneously (laughs) simultaneously constantly tense because there was a lot of other stuff going on. As soon as my partner and I were alone, every single time there was something, there was some kind of conflict. And, and given so, that you were staying in our house, it was becoming more apparent yeah. to us as a family what was, was sort very of tense. going on. Mm. No, I don't, I don't really remember any particular interactions. I don't know if you have any memory of anything specific. Yeah, I do actually. There was one time where me, you, and my partner were in the kitchen and we're sort of laughing and joking and felt relaxed. We're having a good time. She must have heard, she came out of the room because she, I think she spent quite a long, a lot of time there. Um, Mm, I guess on her own. Yeah. yeah, Didn't want to be in the same space. Um, Anyway, she, she walked into the room and it just, the temperature dropped. It just felt so icy. And she just stood there and stared at us. And yeah. we were like, um, such a mood kill. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it was just like this gray cloud that just came mm. over us. And we stopped laughing and joking. We stopped talking and we all just sort of walked off. It was like, it's, it's hard to describe, but it was palpable mm. that the tension. And yeah, I guess, I mean, you had to live with that all the time. And, it felt yuck, like yuck is the word. Mm. And to feel that in our own home, yeah, it was not a nice feeling. We did not yeah. want that in our house. That energy was just, where we. Yeah, it was such palpable tension nonstop. Mm. And I and I what I don't know now is whether it had, it had always been that way, uh, or whether it had just become more 
I suppose it well, I know for a fact it was more pronounced during that time, but was it because I noticed it more? Had I become like I felt like I'd woken up. I think sense. from an outsider's perspective, it, it definitely wasn't um, unusual to feel that around her, but mm. it was definitely a lot more intense and you could, it was, it didn't feel like just one of those normal, um, mm. oh, here we go again. It was mm. like, ooh. Yeah, like, it was, it was the worst it had been, basically. <laughs> yeah. And there were a lot of open arguments that we were having and mm. I was trying to keep things really down low because I didn't want anybody to see what was going on mm. uh i didn't tell you about anything that was going on even though it must have been really obvious but but also I, we were used to that too and you know we yeah. knew what she was like so um, i was but I, I remember feeling really nervous all the time about oh what's it going to be now and just mm. preparing for some kind of fallout and trying to manage it and, and I do and remember when it wasn't words, it was the looks and the scowls and the body language, which yeah. gave it away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I remember in York uh, walking around with all of us walking around York doing some Christmas shopping or something. And I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it was something really, really simple. And my partner, I think she she snapped at, at mum or something. And it was it was really like really tense and i think mum couldn't mm. handle it i think she yes no she that's yeah, i do remember that my mum said something back i know i remember it yes so she was quite rude to mum and mum mm. told her off mm. and then it became it i was which I wasn't is not like mum at all <laughs> no. she's so non-confrontational yeah. but i wasn't there at the time but i heard about it from my partner who was like really really offended that uh mum had <laughs> said something back Mm. Anyway, the whole the, I just remember the I was having this magical time, you know, in in York, and then everything just changed, and I could not enjoy it any longer. <laughs> it was just, but it was back to the usual like manager crisis. Be completely present just in case something goes terri- terribly, terribly wrong. Mm. And I remember it was a very, it was quite a tense trip back to your house. I think if mm-hmm. I remember that correctly. Uh, so we went through this kind of family i mean this was all pre-christmas and then we came to christmas itself and that's funny when i look back at photos of that time Mm. it was quite it was a happy christmas i think there were enough of us there to make it feel like a a good occasion Mm. and i suppose by this time i was pretty good at compartmentalizing moments so that i could hopefully i could enjoy something in the moment and try and forget the drama for at least a moment. Mm. But there was definitely no escaping there. There was all this other stuff going on. Uh, so Boxing Day was your your birthday. Now, this is uh, Where it all this starts was to a, <laughs> a particular dark point that really had a lot of fallouts for the wider group because it was like finally everyone – could not ignore what had been going on because it wasn't just me being impacted. It was everybody else as well. Mm. I don't know if you want to just describe that. We'll talk yeah, about that story. She, um, so we decided to go to Leeds for the day and as it would be for anybody's birthday, it was my choice to choose where we were going to eat. So we kind of made a day of it. We went over to Leeds and um, did a bit of shopping and – I had chosen, I think it was Mexican, a Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. I love Mexican food. And I was trying to be um, aware of, you know, what what everybody likes. Because I know mum and dad also don't really like spicy food. So I was like, you know, is Mexican okay for you? It's not too spicy. And, you know, they were like, it's okay. It's your day. You choose. Mm. So I know it wasn't 100% what they wanted. But so we sat down at this Mexican restaurant and looking at the menu, somebody (laughs) started to get really, really stroppy and had basically a tantrum. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, There was nothing on the menu that suited. Um, I'm allergic to this, this and this. Yeah. Oh, I Uh, don't like this. I don't like this. Oh, can't eat this. Can't eat this. Yeah, and just sort of, it was like an outburst, and it wasn't something, you know, most people would be like, oh, fuck, like, I really aren't into this food. <laughs> like, I'll just 
quietly sit here and order something, mm. you know, the blandest thing or whatever. But no, she had to uh, ruin the the vibe and um, express it became quite per- her disgust. Yeah, it became quite personal. Yeah, and I I can't remember exactly what happened, but I think she had a go at me. Uh, mm. I and think she well she complained that you had chosen a place that wasn't okay for mm. her to eat. And like how selfish I, of you to yeah, choose a restaurant. How dare I eat. on my birthday choose something that she can't eat? Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so did we end up leaving? No, we ate there. We ate there, but um, it just there was other things throughout that that day that she had been moaning about or whatever, and it just came to a head, and I ended up in tears, just so frustrated that she was making it about her like this was supposed to be my special day with the family and she was just ruining it and 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 she openly was fighting with me as well Mm. and I remember she stormed off to some corner of Leeds she she walked off and I was left with everybody there and I was like okay now what (laughs) and everybody (laughs) could see what was going on it was like yeah it was so awkward and yeah yeah and I can't remember if I said something to mum and someone said something to her. I can't remember. But anyway, I think in the end, you ended up having words with her. And when she came back to wherever she finished having her tantrum, she was so sickly sweet. It was disgusting. Um, I, I think I asked her to apologize. But it yeah. was like I felt like I had to prostate myself. Prost- yeah. prostate, prostrate myself. You might want to edit that one out. <laughs> That'll uh, teach you for using big words. <laughs> prostrate is the word I was looking for. <laughs> I like the other one. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I asked her, I mean, I had to basically keep, I had to be I had to be sickly sweet about it in terms of asking her to apologize. Yeah, and you were trying to be the peacemaker. And, yeah, um, and I hated it. Like it made me cringe yeah. inside to be that person, but I knew I had to for the good of the whole day for everybody. <laughs> so we'd gone to uh, TK Maxx, right, and I was trying on some clothes, and I tried on this this jacket, and she was like, oh, that looks really nice. It really compliments oh, her figure. Remember, blah, 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 like being so like much. really over the top, which wasn't like her, like she would never compliment. And um, I was like, <laughs> 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 like, fuck off. <laughs> um, but of course I didn't say that. I was like, thanks. <laughs> Pretending like it was all okay. Cause I yeah. just didn't want to rock the boat any further, yeah. but it was a horrible day. And I remember it for all the wrong reasons. And um, yeah, it was not fun. It it really was really really hard, uh, really hard that I and and I hated that I had to manage it. And at this stage, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why have I just got to like fake care <laughs> about her feelings when she's been so horrible? Mm. And, and, and it, you think, like, why can't you're an adult? Why can't you manage your own feelings or mm, keep your shit together just for a few hours? Yeah. Like, let it not be about you. But she just couldn't. She couldn't manage her own feelings. So mm. it just had to come out and bubbled over. But Yeah. Mm. And we didn't, we didn't really talk about this afterwards. Uh, we didn't really unpack it. No. And, in fact, with all this drama that went on, it was so obvious, but because as a family, we never talked about stuff and I'm sure you and your partner did talk about it away from us, but we definitely didn't. Well, I I don't know if it was the next day or maybe a couple of days later, you two went somewhere. I don't know. We went went for a long, we went for a drive for the day, a day trip. Mm. We went off to the snow and because it had snowed on, on boxing day and we wanted to go Mm. off and have some fun in the snow. So uh, while you while you guys were away, I took mum and dad out for breakfast and I remember having this conversation with them and saying, what the hell are we doing? Why are we standing by and letting this happen? Mm. Like, Kieran is not himself. Like, he's the shell of a person that we, we knew. Why are we sitting back and letting her tear him down like this? And, and true 
mum style. She was like, it's not our business. You know, we can't do anything about it. And I was like, yes, we can. We can stop this Mm. or at least, you know, attempt to intervene in some way. And they agreed that, um, you know, they could see it wasn't um, or you guys weren't in a good place and it was affecting not just you guys, but everybody in the family. And, um, yeah, we had a quite in-depth conversation, but they weren't willing to step in, which really frustrated me because I was like, I can't do this on my own. Because I was mm. <clears throat> also wasn't sure if you would be on board hearing hearing it as well. Um, so, yeah, that was that was tricky. Yeah, I... Oh, I'll, I'll come back to this a little bit. So we went away on this on this day trip and it was kind of magical, but it was like, a, let's forget that things are really shit right now and have some fun. And it, like a, it was it's a quite, a, quite a romantic setting going for this trip to the snow. But I think my partner was under the impression that these types of things would fix what was going on when, of course, the, the problems were so deep set that there was no way going to the, the snow for a day would make things okay. Uh, then we came back. All right. So we came back and the plan was for her and I, and then mum and dad to go away for a few days further North and do some exploring because you had to work. I believe both you and your partner had to work. That was simultaneously one of the best and worst parts <laughs> of the whole thing because we got to see all of these places that I had dreamed about, like seeing these castles and seeing these like amazing historic spaces, these border town, like the, we went to the board, town on the border between the UK and Scotland. And then we went up to Edinburgh for the day. Such a cool experience and really, really love being up there. But it was just, it was like it'd been poisoned. Those memories have been poisoned for me. And still part of me wants to go back and redo it all over again so that I can enjoy it without the weight of this stuff going on. Um, there was not a, a hundred, there was not a completely peaceful moment through those whole three day, uh, few days. And I know that mum and dad would have witnessed some stuff, which we've never talked about. But to fast forward a little bit, so our trip came to an end. Then mum and dad, my partner and I all went down to London. The plan was we were going to stay with partner and I were going to stay with some friends for a couple of days and then mum and dad were just in London before heading home uh, and actually at this stage they were in Saudi I think mm. which actually we haven't talked about anyway we'll mm. come back to that so we got to London and we're staying with our with our friends a couple from Melbourne who had a, a young baby and this is like my best mate, one of my best mates from Melbourne. And so I was I was really having a good time catching up with him and meeting his baby. And I'm not really have well, at least back then, never been a baby person. And so this was the, like the first baby that I kind of was enjoying being around because, you know, it was with my with my friend. And that was great. And still simultaneously trying to keep my nose clean with with my partner and just get through the trip. Uh, I I still couldn't talk about it with anybody. What was going on? I like we went out. I went out with my friend, even just him and I. I still couldn't talk about it, even though it must have been super obvious. Things came to the final straw, actually the the final straw for me. Before you before you talk about that, um, mm. I remember just before you left our place. Uh, You'd been saying to me, oh, like, let's catch up for a coffee before we leave. And it just didn't really work out. I guess we were busy with everyone else. And um, I remember when you won the train back to London, you text me saying that you were considering leaving her. And this is why you'd wanted to catch up with me and talk. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, now I wish that I had like really made the time to catch up for a coffee because this isn't a sort of a text conversation to be had. But um, mm. yeah, that was the first I'd sort of heard about you thinking about it or maybe you'd made up your mind by then. I don't know. But yeah. Um, I think I'd made up my mind. I just didn't know how to 
go about it. Go through it. Uh, anyway, so we were in London. The plan was we were all going to go out, like her and I and my my friends and then a couple of other friends who are some of their friends in London and then another friend from Melbourne who just so happened to be there as well. And we were all like, we were great friends back in Melbourne. And so we decided to go out to this gig and we had a great night. And I had a, I had a lot of fun catching up with this friend who just so happened to be a girl. And so me, my mate and this girl, you know, had good, good times catching up and lots of laughs. And it was, it was cool. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, then my partner just got really angry about something. She was under the impression that something was going on. Like, why was I ignoring her and giving more attention to this girl and my friend? And I was like, well, this is, you know, that's ridiculous. Like, we're out here together. Like, you can also be here in this conversation. This is not a <laughs> me ignoring you. It's just, can't we just have a good time? And it got more and more intense. This is while we're out. In the end, we went back. We were in the unit in the back to the apartment and my mate was in the bedroom. We were looking after the baby while he was just doing some stuff. The argument got more and more intense. And here's me. I'm not even arguing. I'm just there. But from her side, it, it just grew and grew into such intense emotion. She got to the point where, and maybe the fact that I wasn't responding in kind made her feel like she had to get my attention more. I, I don't know. I don't really know what was going through her mind, but she was threatening to jump out the window of the apartment. And uh, the, the I just remember it so clearly. Um, the baby was screaming. She was screaming. I have never felt so overwhelmed by an emotional situation as much as I was in that precise moment with my friend in the room, knowing he could hear every single thing, knowing how worried he must have been about his baby. And he didn't come in and grab the baby? No. He, I can understand why. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what must have been going through his mind, but the... In fact, it was the baby screaming that upset me the most because what could be more of an indication that you're not okay, mentally okay, that you would put an your <laughs> completely disregard the feelings of a child, a helpless child, for something that's so insignificant. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I'm putting this into words clearly enough because it's just an indication of help my mind is working right now to kind of process this in real time. But I felt so heavy in that moment. And uh, um, I, we were supposed to go out and meet mum and dad and tell I had to come up for some excuse that she couldn't make it. And I knew that I needed to go. I needed to get out. And this is this is a was a very bold move for me to go and meet mum and dad because I knew that I had to talk to them about this, and I'd never had any in-depth conversations with mum and dad about my personal life, mm. but I knew I could not hold it in any longer. The anguish that I felt is something that I've never had never felt until that point and have never felt since. Anyway, she had kind of calmed down. My partner had calmed down to some extent. And then I went out and I met mum and dad and I, cu I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I couldn't pretend. I was just like, I just need to tell you that we've been having some problems. And then it came out a little bit, little bit by little bit, just how bad it had been. And they admitted that you had talked to them about this and I think at that point, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I think they told me that they would support me if in, you know, whatever I decided to do, that they would support me. Mm. And Which says a lot, really, because they must have realised how bad it was because I definitely didn't get that support um, 
to leave my ex. Well, so. the difference being that they couldn't see your relationship, whereas they couldn't ignore the the crazy. I feel craziness for the lack of a better word. The chaos of my situation was so in your face. Mm. Uh, and then I guess that's when I knew that I'd had enough and I couldn't do it anymore. And it wasn't a it wasn't a simple thing to go about. Like I knew what I wanted, I just didn't know how to do it. So I'll just fast forward a little bit. But we we got to the end of the trip basically. We we went home in the plane. Uh, so my partner was under the impression that things were okay, that things had settled, that we'd made up. I think I did. I think we did make up, and I. I knew that I was just biding time because I didn't want the drama mm. of anything. I didn't want any more drama on the trip. So I was like, concede, concede, concede. Mm. Yeah. Keep everything to a bare minimum autopilot. We're going back on the plane and she's like trying to hold my hand. And then she says, oh, do you think that maybe we can go back into the same same bed now? Do you think we can sleep together again? And I said, no. Said, so I'm sorry. Which is very brave to to say that to her. Yeah, and I could see the pain on her face, like I saw her the way she. And I, I can empathise with that. Um, but definitely, it was always an assumption that this was on me. It was my fault for not wanting to reconcile. So there was no acknowledgement there. Okay, so we get back. I don't can't remember the exact amount of time after that but I managed to we had a conversation about taking a break and I had to I had to be very careful about the way I described it because I didn't want to make it come across as I want this to be yeah I I had to give a little bit of hope because I had to be able to I feel like I was yeah I was I thought in in retrospect it feels like I was copping out a little bit to be honest uh but the I, I wanted to give her a little bit of hope so that it would be easier for her to move out and for us to have time apart because we'd be quote unquote working on the relationship. And I agreed to do some counseling and uh, which I followed through with. I did. It was very obvious. I wasn't into it. So counseling by the way, so well, okay. counseling. Or? First of all, it was count. We went to a counselor and I mentioned this quite a long time ago, but, we, he met this guy, professional guy, met with us separately and he talked to her first and he actually diagnosed her with some kind of personality. Oh, I can't remember the, the language. Disorder. Some, something where like a disassociative type disorder, which makes a lot of sense and to be honest with me as i am now how informed i am about mental health and things i would have been way more understanding of her if i had understood this from the very beginning and if i'd learned or known so does, at the time did how he to say it. that to her yes and so she how did she take that oh she rejected it out of hand she got really angry mm. and she refused to go back and she was saying things like, oh, I refuse to accept that label that he's put on me. This is what she told me afterwards. You know, I don't want to take this label that's been put upon me. Uh, you know, God, it was, she's quite, um, was all about how God views her. So, like, you know, I believe that God doesn't let these labels be put over people. This is a, this is a, a person who's not a Christian and he's deciding who I am. And that's not right. And uh, Which actually the fact that he could pick that up just on the first meeting probably says a lot about her. Yeah. I went into this and in, to meet with him and yeah, I did re- refer to this a while back, but he mentioned straight up what he had said to her, which I questioned his, his ethics yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but at the same you're, time, you're I'm just like, lucky oh. that she went first, not you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Questionable. Thanks ethics. for that, mate. But I <laughs> <laughs> uh, crossed some boundaries there, but he did mention that this is what, that hits what he had noticed. And he also said, you must've felt like you've been walking on eggshells this whole time because you have always felt probably always felt like you couldn't predict when her mood would change or how she would react. And he basically described our whole relationship. And I think 
probably broke down at that stage because it was so on point. It was 100% it's, it's how nice. I felt to have someone else validate how you've been feeling or how you've not been able to articulate how you've been feeling but for someone else to recognize it Mm. and say it's just overwhelming yeah it's like yes yes that's exactly how i've been feeling and with i suppose with like there's 10 years between this moment and now right and with a lot more knowledge behind me and a lot more empathy uh and a lot more experience i this could have gone a whole different way. So imagine a relationship where both parties are aware of the other person's feelings. Both parties are empathetic. There's an acknowledgement that there are some perhaps mental health challenges, but they are manageable. If we communicate clearly, we respect each other. Maybe medication is involved. Uh, there's some genuine love thrown in there. <laughs> it would have been a, that would have been a completely different scenario but when you've got one half of the relationship where the person is controlling has mental health challenges but will not admit them hates asking for help uh and then you've got someone on the other side being me or my negative tendencies were roll over doesn't have any sense of self will not stick up for himself uh is doesn't really know how to love properly also doesn't want to talk about things it was a really unhealthy mix. It was a perfect storm scenario. And whilst, yes, I felt very validated, uh, it could have gone a different way if we had both been in the right place to make a, a real a real relationship work. And and because of that, because of that, it I felt a, a great sense of guilt for a really, really long time. Uh, and I struggled to talk about the failures of this relationship because I felt very responsible and I never wanted to speak or dishonor her in any way because I always thought there could have been a different way that I could have managed this better. But also remember we um as your village so to speak um we didn't necessarily play our part earlier too by saying and I mean we by people who know you your friends and your family the church mm. you know where was the support when mm. we could all see you needed it though so yeah yeah and i think i could just push on a little bit just because of time but it was actually the fallout in that in some ways was much harder to deal with because um, it was my support systems vanished almost overnight mm-hmm so i mean i knew obviously i had family support but because i wasn't really comfortable sharing everything I, I couldn't take full advantage of that. Uh, and I I guess I was hoping that church would be that for me. And at this stage, obviously, we're at this new church that we'd helped found in Bangkok. I was a part of music and uh, it was still a very important part of my life. However, it, it was obvious and I think it was very obvious that there were people within the church who knew that there were some – that, that I know they struggled with my partner as well. As a as a person, she was quite difficult to deal with. I mean, that we know that already. No surprises but, there. <laughs> yeah. But in a church environment, you don't really talk about that because you don't want to appear like you're gossiping or being negative about somebody else. And, of course, you don't want to get involved in someone's relationship either. Mm. But when we, when we split, it was like all of a sudden this became real to those people. And because it was a new church – there was just a real concern that it would become a distraction to people in the church. So I kept attending. My part, my partner, now separated partner, went elsewhere. And actually, I kind of, I was enjoying church without her and enjoying being in Thailand and, you know, growing friendships with some people in this new church. But then the pastor uh, was very concerned about the potential for distraction and I was asked to step down from doing music and to focus on protecting my relationship and with the aim of focusing on reconciling with my partner uh they of course did not know a lot of the background story so they don't know they didn't quite know what I was getting out of Mm. but at the same time there was no real attempt to understand or seek understanding about my side of the story and 
I really struggled with that because the one thing that I was most passionate about and most loved was music. It was the one thing that really was helping me process and forget. And it was just literally I wasn't allowed because they didn't want to they didn't want me to be bringing any sense of um, a, a, a bit, some kind of it's hard to say it without sounding crazy. But I suppose it is a little bit, <laughs> but any bad spirit or bad energy, I suppose, mm-hmm. in, in new age terms, bringing a bad energy to a space where you're supposed to be all concentrating on worshipping yeah. and connecting with God. If you were in Christian circles, you'd understand that. Uh, but I don't know. I was just me. Like, I don't know. It's I, I struggle to talk about this and not still feel hurt by this because mm. – Sure, you may have assumed there was a bad vibe there, but that's because I was just so unhappy. I was going through a really tragic, completely disruptive time in my life. And here there was this support system that was right in front of me. But hold on, no, you can't access it because we don't don't want your bad energy here. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity on their um, behalf to, to really support you through that time, you know, and instead they shut you out. And there was there was gossip going on about me. I was became very very aware of it. Uh, I found that really tough, really really tough, because I could just tell that people were talking about me. It was just blatantly obvious. And I think the final straw for me was when so I'd been having these kind of catch ups with the pastor. I wouldn't say that we were friends, but we were a similar age. Um, and so he, it was natural that I would try and be friends with him. Most of the other people in the church were all locals, which I didn't have a, I was enjoying getting to know them, but I didn't have a huge amount in common with them at this time. And so I kind of attached myself to this, this young pastor in the hopes that, you know, there could be some kind of relationship slash friendship there, even though there was obviously this huge dividing line between us anyway. So we get to this point where he asked to meet me. And I'd been having a, a text conversation with some, there was a girl in the church. I don't know how I managed to probably connect it on Facebook, uh, I think. And she happened to start a conversation with me, asking me what had been happened. Like, oh, I'd noticed that, you know, you and your partner went together, like what had happened, what's happening. And I answered her questions fairly um, honestly. I didn't say everything, of course, but just said okay well you know we've just we've split for i don't know probably gave her a couple of basic reasons and carried on anyway i received this message wanted to catch up pastor wanting to catch up and so we do we have some shallow talk and i can see he was just really uncomfortable and then it came out that actually he was uncomfortable because he was actually really really angry with me because i had been texting other girls and this is something that we had talked about before and he had told me not to text other girls and i'd had this conversation with this girl of course who had then gone and said something i think to the pastor's wife and said oh you know i've I've been talking to karen and he's just been sharing some of these things i'm not really sure what i I mean i don't i'm just filling in some blanks here but Mm. um you know she, I don't know if she felt uncomfortable with that conversation or what. I don't think the conversation was deeply personal, so I don't, I don't know. But don't she know asked. What. That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's like she was a spy. <laughs> and the pastor was really, really mad with me because we had, you know, he had basically made me promise not to text other girls while I was working on my relationship with my partner. And I felt, I felt betrayed because there was a part of me that was like, that's not okay. Mm. That's not okay for you to tell me off for that. But at the same time, really, really guilty. And yeah, you're right. I am a bad person. I am a terrible person. Why Why am I texting other girls? Uh, you're right to be mad at me. And maybe I shouldn't be in this place. Maybe I don't deserve to be a part of this church. And it wasn't long after that that I actually sent a message to him and said, ah, uh, just been thinking that maybe it might be best if I don't come to church to the church because I don't want to be a distraction from what you're trying to do 
and you know, I know you're like trying to grow this church and I don't want to be a reason that, and I, I want people coming to church to be able to focus on God and, and not what's going on with me. And it was just, a okay. Wow. So yeah. that's probably what he was sort of driving you to do for you and to I, make and I that definitely, decision. Even at the time, this is not even me looking back years and years later. I knew at the time that it, I felt like he was hoping that I would come to that decision on my own. And so, yeah, I left. One of the hardest times in my life, because not only had I lost a relationship, I also lost the one my identity that... because I was, as I mentioned in the last episode, all consumed by church life. It was everything, everything for me. And I very, very swiftly lost all of my friends, except bar maybe one or two. They just vanished overnight. Uh, and it's sort of what. You know, it's like having all your eggs in one basket, isn't it? It's um, that's a real mm. low. And, and I went through that too, having people you thought were friends just sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anything to do with it. So I can relate to that. And I guess, and the people who did stick around, they didn't address what had happened. It was just, you know, send me a message every now and then. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to talk about it, but will just pretend that nothing has ever happened. <laughs> uh, so that was really a really rough time. Um, and I've processed that particular time and, and there were further things that I had to go through after that moment. But uh, yeah, it was shit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was really shit. And I've just noticed that we've been talking for really much longer than we planned. Uh I think after this point, the story really does actually speed up a lot. Um, kind of really glad to have gotten all this nitty gritty detail out of the way. Mm. So you can breathe again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any, um, do you have anything to kind of sign off with? Yeah, it lo- I mean, it, it looks like we're not done. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, I mean, <clears throat> that's such a tough time to go through and they, um, applaud you for making that call to finally stand up for yourself and um, and to to leave. So well done you. You survived. <laughs> I did survive, and with apparently more scars than I actually was aware of. Mm. Because in true McCallion form, I I moved on and and pretended like nothing had happened, and I ignored yeah. and pressed down, pressed down, pressed down. Uh, but over the years, different triggers have set me off on that kind of path of like, oh, shit. Oh, there's something else. Oh, there's something else that I've forgotten about. Mm. And maybe we can talk about that next time. But anyway, wow. Geez. <laughs> I've been I feel like I've been building up to this point. So I'm, I'm really glad that it's it's we've gotten through that part. Now it's time <laughs> to go and meditate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we're going to, I guess, to get to talking about more, some more fun times. And they are some definitely some fun times mm. to talk about over the intervening, the interval years. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, we'll end it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need a break. Thank you for sticking it out, um, everyone. And apologies for taking up a little bit extra time. But I hope you'll join us again. On a side note, it'd be nice to finish on an even number because we're on episode 17 now. <laughs> we're just gonna, it would have bothered me slightly to finish on a, an odd number. <laughs> Hashtag OCD. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again. And um, we'll see you again soon for the quote unquote last episode. <laughs> Until the next one. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.